Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message from Josh Scaife. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. In recent weeks, we've given our focus and our attention to the king and his kingdom. And there's a phrase that's come up a few times. You might have heard it. See the king and you see the kingdom. See the king and you see the kingdom. And Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that we would see you afresh, Lord. The Holy Spirit, you would open the eyes of our hearts to see Jesus, our King and our Savior and our God in a new way, in a fresh way, even in things we've heard before, Lord, that we would see you more clearly today and we'd see your kingdom at work today in our day and generation. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, please? We've encouraged um, ourselves as a church this month to read through the book of Matthew, and so I'd like to, to dig into Matthew, if that's okay, this morning, as we see the king and see his kingdom. It's great news, isn't it, that um, when we say see the king and see his kingdom, uh, that he is actually seeable, that Jesus is actually one who can be seen. He is the image of the invisible God. If you like, he put a face on God. Uh, God who is invisible, who is enthroned in heaven. Jesus came as a visible, real human being who we could see, and he came as the king. And that is the message of the book of Matthew. See the king, and you see the kingdom. If you like, Jesus is the great climax of the crescendo, of the symphony of the whole of the Bible. Jesus is the one in center stage on the stage of history. Jesus is the focus. And Matthew begins his book in Matthew 1, 2, 3, and 4, just setting the scene for the arrival of this king. Just saying, see the king, see the king, see the king. In Matthew chapter 1, we won't read these verses, but I'll give you a bit of an overview. He talks about the genealogy. He talks about Abraham and David, who are the ones who preceded Jesus, that Jesus is their offspring, that he comes from their line. And what does that mean for us? Well, it means that Jesus is the one who will fulfill everything that was spoken to Abraham, that he would bless the nations. Jesus is the one who does that, isn't he? He's the one who comes and blesses the nations and fills the earth with children of God. And it speaks of David. And who's David? Well, he's this figurehead, this example of God's king. And Jesus comes in that same line from David to say, this is God's king. He's the one who's come to fulfill the victory and the righteousness of the kingdom of David here and now. Matthew's building the anticipation. Can you see it? He's starting to play that motif in this symphony. He's starting to to allow the entrance of the king onto the stage, onto the center stage. He's saying, see the king and you see the kingdom. Then uh, in Matthew chapter 2, we had a little look at this last week, about the wise men who see a star and they come to find the king. And then you'll see Jesus' family, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and they have to flee to a place called Egypt. And you start to think, oh, this is ringing some bells. There's an evil king who puts to death all the children under the age of two, and he's an evil, horrible king who's trying to thwart the purposes of God. And so the people of God find themselves in Egypt. Well, that reminds me of Exodus. 
And Matthew's playing the, the sounds of Exodus to us. He's saying, this is a bit like Exodus. They're off in Egypt under oppression. But what's God going to do? He's going to bring them back to the promised land. And who is Jesus? See the king and see the kingdom. Well, it's like a new Exodus. It's like the fulfillment of all that was promised in Exodus. It's even better than Exodus because this is real redemption. See the king and you see the kingdom. So he's going to be the one who fulfills what was spoken to Abraham. He's going to be the one who fulfills what was spoken to David. He's going to be the one who fulfills what we see in the story of Exodus. And then chapter 3, and this wild man appears on the scene. This John the Baptist, J to the B, and he turns up on the scene in the wilderness, dressed like some strange prophet, speaking a word of anticipation a word of arrival. He's saying, if you like, see the king and you see the kingdom. And he turns up at this place called the Jordan River, which has always signified the entrance into a new thing, the entrance into a new land. And John the Baptist reminds us of Elijah and he reminds us of Samuel and the Jordan reminds us of Moses and Joshua and the people of Israel. There's so many reminders here. Why is Matthew doing this? He's saying, see the king. See the kingdom, the king is coming, the king is coming. In fact, the message that John was given to preach was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king's coming, see the king and you see the kingdom. So now look with me at Matthew chapter three, verse 13. Can you see the drama that Matthew has built up here? He's drawn to mind all the great figureheads of the Old Testament, Abraham, David, Moses, Samuel, Elijah. He's bringing it all to this climax, this crescendo. The main event is about to come. The main actor in the history of the universe is about to enter the scenes of history. Verse 13, then Jesus came. Oh, I love that. Jesus came. He actually came. Do you know that? He came in history. He came in our time and space world. He actually arrived. This anticipation that was building through all of this that Matthew's recalling, through Abraham, through David, through Exodus, through, through Elijah, it was all building to this person, this king. See the king. And you see the kingdom. Then Jesus came. Oh, the king's here. And I don't know about you, but you, you think of movies and things when kings appear on the scene. Surely he's going to come with a great army, with great political power. He's going to crush the Roman Empire and he's going to rule and reign in this time-space world. Just right now, he's going to do the whole thing in one big hit. No, let's have a look again. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. Is that in your Bible, this in mine? Mine's the ESV. Does, do other translations say the same yeah, thing? Jesus came from Galilee. He was born to a virgin. He was laid in a manger. He's not a king like any other. And he's baptized by this man, John, in order to signify that he, he lines up with what John was saying, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, I agree with what John is saying. And then heavens are opened. You think, oh, this is the moment now. <laughs> the king's on the scene. See the king, see the kingdom. The heavens are opened and the Holy Spirit descends. It's this great moment. And the Holy Spirit comes down like an eagle, like that military symbol. No, I don't think that's in there either. What does he come like? A dove. 
a dove. You know, if you think of kings in the Roman Empire, every legion would have an eagle that would go out before it. They'd hold an eagle, like a standard. Military power. But the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus, like a dove. Like this symbol of peace. It might remind you of Noah and the ark, and he sends out a dove. And the dove finds new creation. Comes back with an olive branch. And the Holy Spirit decides, I'm going to come like a dove on Jesus because there's a new thing coming. There's a new era arriving. Something has changed in all of history. This is the moment. The king has come. See the king? You see the kingdom. You think, all right, well, the king's here. Surely he's going to start to gather around himself powerful people, religious leaders, political influence. Surely he's going to start to, to build up a bit of you know, sound on the streets. Surely he's going to go to the city maybe, where everybody is, where all the people gather, where the marketplaces are, and he's going to make a big song and dance about himself. No. Then in verse 4 it says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into a wilderness. Not to the great cities of the earth at this point, but into a wilderness. What is he doing? What is this king like? See the king and see the kingdom. He was more interested in doing the work in the wilderness than in getting fame in the city. If you notice that often throughout Jesus' life, he's telling people not to tell anyone about him. He's not come to earth to be an earthly king with an earthly kingdom in the way that earthly kings normally did. He came from heaven with a heavenly kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And its king is God himself come in Jesus Christ. And he's unlike any other. He has no rival. He has no equal. Now and forever he reigns. Think this king goes off into a wilderness. Yeah. And then chapter 4, verse 17. He's back again. On the scene of history now, he says, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he starts walking by the sea, calling people to himself. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. Yeah. See the king, see the kingdom. The kingdom's here. The kingdom's here. What does he do? He goes around calling people. Come on, Peter. Come on, Andrew. Put aside your business. Put aside your success. Come and follow me. This is James and John. Put aside your family. Say goodbye to your father. Come and follow me. What a strange king. What a strange king. King of heaven, king of glory, king of wonder. See the king. See the kingdom. He is unlike any other king and his kingdom is the same unlike any other we might ever have known until he came the climax the moment in history that has defined all others everything else was leading up to him and everything now leads from him see the king and see the kingdom are you getting it you're seeing him he is a king who can be seen he's written about right here for you and for me and then what does this king decide to do to show everybody that his kingdom has arrived. What does he do? Well, let's look in verses 23 and onwards in chapter 4. It says, He went throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread now throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them 
And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This is our king, without rival, without equal. Unlike any other king, what does he do? Well, he goes around normal towns, normal villages, just like yours and mine. He walks normal streets, just like yours and mine. And he speaks to people just like us. And he says, come to me. I'll heal your sickness. I'll take away your disease. I'll lift off your oppression. I'll bring you into true life. Here is our king. He stoops down to meet the gaze of children. He says, let them come to me. He lets tax collectors and and prostitutes and sinners and, and evil people come and be around him and learn from him and he forgives them. What a king. He calls the weak and the poor and he says, come to me and live. And he tells the rich, leave your riches, leave your pride, come and follow me. What a king. He reaches down to to Peter's mother-in-law, and he says, I've got compassion for you, I'll raise you up. He reaches down to you and me, and he raises us up. He has all the authority, all the will, all the power, and he chooses to demonstrate it in this way, healing the sick, raising the dead, lifting up the oppressed, saying, come to me if you've got a heavy burden on you. If you're oppressed, come to me and I'll take it away, and I'll give you a burden, yes, but my burden will be light. Come under my rule and find rest for your soul. What a king. See the king and you see the kingdom. This is our king. That's what he does. The kingdom of God, if you like, is God's great alternative. His great great alternative is his great answer to the world's problem, to our need. He says, see the king and you see the kingdom. It's the answer. It's the alternative that we've always, always needed. It's all about Jesus, the king. And you know, we've been reading in Matthew here, some things that happened, really happened in history. Jesus did these things. He said these things. He walked around and demonstrated his kingdom in this way. But he's still doing the same now. He's actually still king. He's actually still ruling over his kingdom. He's actually still demonstrating his kingdom and his power in our time, in our lives. He's still healing the sick. He's still raising the dead. He's still lifting off oppression. He's still stooping down to speak to the young. He's still raising up people who've been downtrodden and oppressed. He's still doing it. He's still doing it because he's still king. See the king and you see the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So I've asked a few friends here in the church just to share some of their stories of how they've seen the king and his kingdom at work in their lives in recent weeks and recent months because he is still doing what he's always done because he's still the king so would you like to hear those let's just take a few minutes and hear what God's doing amen Amen. over to you Josh good morning church Um, I just wanted to share a few things that have been going on over the last year for me in my workplace Um, some of you may know but I work for a fairly major uh, company in the world Um, uh, you shall remain nameless because there are other options available to you Um, but one of my jobs is to go in and to look at stores that are not performing as they should 
and uh, to turn them around. Now, I was given the great challenge of taking the worst performing store in the whole company in the UK this year. And um, as I walked into the store, um, I was reminded of a scripture that the Lord had placed on my heart at the beginning of last year. Um, and it's in 1 John 4. And it talks about how perfect love casts out all fear. And as I remembered that, I walked in and I, um, I looked around and this store had been um, basically abused. The manager had stolen uh, money from the safe. Um, he'd bullied the staff. He'd, um, he'd basically abused his position and the staff were depressed. Uh, the first few days, they all tried to quit. And um, I stood in the office and I'd shut the office door and I, um, I cried almost for these guys. And I thought, Lord, what can I do to help you guys? What can I do to, to help turn this place around and actually bring the kingdom into the earth? And the Lord just reminded me, perfect love casts out all fear. And he just dropped, I want you to no longer focus on the negatives. I want you just to bring positivity and speak good things into their lives. And as I did that, I went around each member of staff individually and I, uh, I spoke with them. And I said, look, guys, we know that this store isn't the best it could be. We know that it is at the bottom of all the rankings in the UK. But that means we can only go one way. That means we can only get better. Yeah. And over the last six months, this store has steadily climbed from the bottom of 3,000 stores to it is now sat at the top 200 in the UK. Still got a little bit of a way to go. But because perfect love casts out all fear we are able to change a place that was oppressed and had yeah. a real sense of hate and loathing over it to somewhere that people want to come to work, they no longer yeah. want to quit, and this store is now profitable. And even in current circumstances, we are still doing okay. Good, man. But in also in my travels, I get to go around different stores and I look at different stores, and um, a young man came up to me and spoke to me. He said, I'm really nervous at the moment. This young man had been shielding since January last year. Um, he was in mass organ failure, and he'd been told to stay home and do not leave. And he'd not left his house in six months. And it was his first day back at work. And he said, I'm really, really nervous. I don't know what it's going to be like facing customers. I don't know what it's going to be like in the work environment. Um, I'm just really, really nervous. And he explained his situation. And I just said to him, um, I believe there's better for you. I said, I'm a Christian and I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you know a positivity in your workplace. I want you to know that um, there's better for you. Yeah. And I also want you to be whole and well. Good. And as he left and sort of, I didn't see him for a few weeks. And I went back into that store about a month later and he just came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. He said, I just thought I'd like you to, to know that um, you prayed for me, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. And he said, I've been praying for you for the last month. He said, well, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and the liver failure that I had uh, the bloods are now showing that I have a fully functioning liver and that I no longer need a liver on, transplant. But perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. The king of the kingdom is working, ruling and reigning in the world today. Amen. Amen. I love, that. I love hearing about um, what Jesus is doing in his kingdom and that we can see those realities yeah. now. Um, I, my story is uh, a testimony just about how Jesus brought hope um, to a situation that we thought might be impossible. Um, so it's a, it's a story about a family member. Um, a few, some time ago, um, a family member was diagnosed with hyperparathyroidism. Um, and at the stage that the doctors had found it, um, they were worried that there would be some lasting organ damage and some bone damage as well because of how long it had been going on for. Um, and they thought we would need to do surgery now. So this family member doesn't live in the UK. And um, 
so we were wondering about how we would be able to also pay for this surgery. We didn't have the money and we didn't know how um, this would happen. Um, and in that situation, um, I stopped and I remember Jesus saying to me um, one of those days that in his kingdom, there is hope, there is life, there is peace and there's every provision that we need. Yeah. And I won't lie to you, there were tears because <laughs> it was hard to think about those situations. But I, I stood and I prayed and then I shared this with some ladies um, that I knew. And in life group, we prayed together and trusted that Jesus, who can bring healing and hope, would bring life to the situation. And I'm here to testify that Jesus did that. Come on. Um, that not only were we able to have the money to do the surgery, and um, when the doctors had performed the surgery, they looked back and said that the recovery was much better that they could, than they could ever have imagined. And there were no lasting effects from this problem that we thought was impossible. So I just want to encourage you today um, that in anything you're facing, God is good yes. and he has good for you. Um, and you can trust him. So whether you're in a difficult situation today, you can trust Jesus. Whether everything's going well, you can trust Jesus. And if you don't know him today, you've never heard about him. Today, I want to tell you, you can trust him because he has good for you. And his kingdom is one of hope, of power, of love, and anything that you need, you can find in him today. Amen. Amen. See the king. See his kingdom. Right here, right now. <clears throat> Flick over to Matthew chapter 6 with me. God is still king. Jesus is still ruling and reigning. He has no rival. He has no equal. Now and forever, he reigns. And his kingdom is still advancing right now in Joshua's workplace, in Bambi's family, in your home, in your family, in your workplace, in your children's school, the kingdom is still advancing. Jesus taught us to pray something, and if Jesus teaches you to pray something or tells you to pray something, it's probably a good idea to pray it because he's certainly not going to tell you to pray something he won't answer. He's always going to answer the prayers that he gives you to pray. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus says to us, pray then like this, our Father in heaven... May your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your name be honored as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is God's will. That is God's intention. That is God's design. That's the idea. That on earth, God would be honored as holy. That on earth, God's kingdom would come. And that on earth, God's will would be done. What is heaven? Well, it's not just somewhere you go to when you die. Heaven is the place where God is, where God is honored as holy, where God's kingdom has come fully, and where his will is being done to the absolute. And he says to pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. That his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're seeing and hearing. And the message today is to see the kingdom, to see the king, and to know that here on earth right now, he wants to bring his kingdom. He wants his will to be done in fullness. Oh, see the king and see his kingdom. 
here on earth as it is in heaven. He heals the sick. He sets people free from oppression. He loves the broken and the downtrodden. He brings peace where there's strife. He brings hope where there's grief. He brings comfort where there's mourning. He washes feet when everyone else is grumbling about who's going to be the greatest. On earth as in heaven. On earth as in heaven. God honored as holy. God's kingdom come and God's will done. See the king and see the kingdom, but not just in the past. See him right now. See his kingdom right now. So Heavenly Father, we pray. Father in heaven, may your name be honored as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-2052-4125. Thank you so much for tuning in.